The following is a pre-recorded program. So why are some people healed when we pray and others not? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Hey friends, as we finish up this month with our Let's Get Healthy emphasis, I asked if you had questions about divine healing, questions about when we pray for the sick, some are healed, others aren't, why we see certain things happen and others not. Is it according to our faith? Does God choose to heal some and not others? How, do, how does this work? I think it's good and healthy that we look at this and understand what scripture says. We've been talking about our, our role in, in being healthy, right? There are things that are out of our control. There are things maybe we made mistakes that, that cause sickness, disease, but we cry out to God for mercy and healing. So it's a massive subject. My doctoral dissertation was on the Hebrew word for healing. I have a whole book, a scholarly monograph, Israel's Divine Healer, uh, for those that really want to dig deep. But uh, what I did is I asked on Facebook uh, for questions. So don't post new ones now. I got more than I could answer even in the course of this hour. But we're going to continue with our thrust this month about let's get healthy. So we start with a question from Samuel. Is it biblical to command sickness to go away or are we to pray for it to go away? In some cases, we can command. And it certainly is scriptural. Jesus does it right? He rebukes sickness at different times. He rebukes demons. Uh, there are times, for example, Acts 14, Paul perceiving a man had faith to be healed, right? Said, stand up to your feet. Uh, Paul, uh, Peter tells the layman in Acts 3 to stand up and walk. So there are times when it is right to speak if we sense that faith and authority and command sickness to leave, especially if it's in association with demons. The general Word is in Jacob, James, the fifth chapter, that the elders come and pray for the, the sick, and the prayer offered in faith makes the sick person well. So we are praying, and Jesus says that we ask the Father in his name. So there are times we pray, and there are times that we command, but we only command if there is that faith and that sense of divine authority. Otherwise, we're just speaking words into the air. Allie, in your experience, does physical healing have a strong connection with spiritual issues that is not being healed could be because there is a spiritual issue one needs to deal with. Yes, that is sometimes the case, but many times we go on witch hunts. I'm just being totally candid with you as a Pentecostal charismatic. When we pray and someone's not healed, we're trying to figure out why. Sometimes we can go on spiritual witch hunts. I'm just being honest with you. And we're digging here and digging there and digging there and digging there. And, and really, it's just a matter of lack of faith on our part or some other things we don't understand going on, uh, why the person is not healed. You know, some obviously with a different theology would say it's simply not God's will to heal them. But at other times, yes, 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 there is a connection. And, and, and when someone repents of something or when they forgive or, or when they yield in a certain area, uh, I know of someone, a specific case that was very dramatic where, where when the woman repented of a sinful relationship she was in, she was instantly healed of a condition that had plagued her for some years. But we need to be careful. Like I said, let's not go on spiritual witch hunts. Let's be led by the Holy Spirit. Joanne, do all Christians have the power to heal? Jesus said that it was a sign following believers. How can we begin to use this power? All right, number one, the longer ending of Mark, so Mark 16, 9 to 20, which is in most of our Bibles, but in brackets or, or with a footnote saying it's not in the earliest manuscripts of Mark. 
Uh, that's debatable whether those were the actual words of Jesus. Let's say they were. All right, I, I believe they were, but there's debate about where they're placed in Scripture. Let's say they were, and that one of the signs that follows believers is that they lay hands on the sick and they recover. It doesn't mean that we have the power to heal necessarily as much as that we have the power of faith in God. So any of us, any believer can potentially pray for someone to be healed. That's the first thing. The second thing is that there are those who are anointed with gifts of healing, and they will have much greater success in praying for the sick. They will see many more results in praying for the sick, maybe in specific areas, deafness, blindness, cancer, different things like that. And you could argue that because the Holy Spirit has been given to us, that with the Holy Spirit is power over demons and disease. In other words, the same spirit that was on the disciples in, in the Gospels and in Acts is the same spirit that's on us, and therefore it's the power of the Holy Spirit who heals. I'd encourage you to, to look into the writings of Randy Clark, look for his newest book on healing, and it will give guidelines in terms of how to understand, how to minister and create atmospheres of faith and things like that. That being said, we understand that there are people who are not healed. We understand that many times we pray every way we know how to pray. We fast, we bind demons, we do this, we do that. People humble themselves before the Lord, search their hearts, and healing still doesn't come. We worship God anyway, even in our sickness and our pain. We worship Him, we honor Him, we love Him. That's an offering that we bring from that perspective of weakness. Lord, I love you and I praise you, whether sick or not, whether in pain or not. You're good, you're God, you're the healer. In 1985, when to everyone's shock, I, I came down with pneumonia, double pneumonia. It turns out I got viral and bacterial at the same time. It was a real demonic attack. Otherwise, I was a, a healthy 30-year-old. And I remember laying in the hospital there. I was teaching on healing in our ministry school. I remember laying in the hospital and working on my doctoral dissertation around that you know, same time. And, and, and I wrote on the, the, the bandages on my, on my IV, uh, on the Lord your healer. I said, Lord, a billion years from now, when there's no sickness and disease in your universe, you'll be no more the healer then than you are now. So I'm going to confess you as the healer, whether I'm sick or not. And then whether I'm healed in this world or the world to come, I'm going to confess you as healer. Uh, so we want to see more people healed. We know that sickness is debilitating and destructive. We know that, that healing glorifies the Lord and often brings people to him. We also know that godly people who are not healed we don't understand why, but we honor and worship the Lord the same way. Uh, Scotty, I would like to see you speak on God's direct hand involving sickness along where Jesus spoke to one saying, go and sin no more unless something worse happens to you. So in John, the fifth chapter, the man who had been crippled for 38 years and is healed, Jesus says, go and sin no more. Something worse will come on you. Sometimes sickness is the direct result of sin. Sometimes sickness is reaping what we have sowed. Sometimes sickness is a divine judgment for sin. That's Old Testament. That's New Testament. It's the same. So in cases where there is a direct relationship between sin and sickness, then we must repent of that sin. It says in Jacob, James 5, that the prayer in faith will make the sick person well. If they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven. In other words, they're crying out to God for mercy. And, and if sin is related, sometimes it's, it's absolutely not related. Sometimes there's no relationship between sin and sickness at all. But if there is a relationship, then by all means, uh, there needs to be repenting of that sin and recognizing, like in Acts 12, for example, God's judgment on Herod, an angel of the Lord smites him. 
You know, it's one example in the New Testament. First Corinthians 11, divine judgment came on believers in Corinth. And, and Paul says, if you judge yourself, you won't come under the judgment of the Lord. First Corinthians, the end of the 11th chapter. Uh, all right. I, I got a bunch more questions I want to get to. This is the last week we'll be talking as much during the show about our partnership with Trivita. So everybody, do you work out? Do you work out? Or are you getting older and it's harder to build muscle? Maybe you're taking like whey protein or something like that. Well, amino acids, this, this uh, the amazing myo health form that I'm using and benefiting from myself. It's healthy, made with best ingredients and everything like that. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't be taking it with the healthy lifestyle that I live. You need to check this out. Uh, trust me on this. It's especially add in nitric oxide. Nitric oxide, amino acids, if you work out, you'll see amazing benefits. If you're trying to get in better shape, you'll see help. If you're trying to develop muscle as you're getting older, it's hard. And, and from what I understand, this formula is three times more effective than whey protein. And any order you get with Trivita, they're turning around and taking a massive amount of that money saying, let's get the line of fire on across the nation. So check this out. We'll be right back. Have you had a setback from an injury, accident, or surgery that left you feeling weaker and a loss of strength? Or are you feeling the effects of aging and just don't feel like you have the stamina or energy you used to? Then MyoHealth might be an answer to your prayers. Backed by 24 human clinical studies and over $20 million in government-funded research, MyoHealth contains a perfect balance of all nine essential amino acids. With MyoHealth, you can rebuild your strength improve your balance and mobility, have more energy while restoring your health and vitality, and start building new lean, stronger muscle in as little as 30 days. By combining MyoHealth with a healthy diet and regular exercise, you can feel stronger at any age, have more energy, and live a life with vitality. Put the power of MyoHealth to work for you. Feel stronger, have better balance, and improved quality of life. Try MyoHealth now by calling 800-811-9628 to learn how you can receive a one-month supply free. Build lean muscle, improve balance, and build stronger bones with MyoHealth. And when you call, Trivita will give a substantial portion of your order to help support the Line of Fire radio broadcast. Go to Trivita.com and use promo code BROWN40 in the shopping cart or call 800-811-9628. That's 800-811-9628. All right, so in case you missed it, 800-811-90, oh, hang on, I got to get this close to me, 9628, that's it, 800-811-9628, uh, so call in, find out about the product, get your questions answered, order as much as you like, I, I recommend getting the nitric oxide also and using these as an amazing combo, and if you work out, I really want to hear, after a month, what kind of results you see. Take it regularly when you're supposed to, et cetera. And uh, it's a nice drink. Just put a powder in, enjoy the drink. Uh, you can also go online, trivita.com, and use the code BROWN40. You get a special discount when you do that, BROWN40, or special discount when you call in, 800-811-9628. Tell them Dr. Brown sent you. All right, let's see if I can get in another question here. When you're praying for the sick, this is from Travis, how do you handle a lack of results? And is there a way without leaning on methods to see more divine healing take place? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start here and take this up on the other side of the break. Uh, it's, it's difficult when you pray for the sick and you don't see more results. 
And sometimes we draw back. I've done that over the years. Uh, sometimes you you get disappointed. You, you're it's hard to believe and fight again. Another cancer person, patient died. Another friend didn't make it. Some of the COVID didn't make it. Why, Lord? They loved you. They were faithful. So we have to come into this recognizing our faith will be challenged. People say, ah, you Pentecostals, you just need a sign. You're weak. You need a crutch to lean on. And that's why you have to see miracles. I, I appreciate that criticism, but it's actually the opposite. That when you start praying for the sick and believing God, your faith will be challenged much, much more. So you have to come in knowing I'm going to worship God and love him no matter what. And along the way to seeing some victories and blessings and answers, I'm going to experience some pain. And I'm going to get more involved with the pain of other people because I'm praying for more people and extending my faith for more people. But I'll also see some glorious miracles. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us today on The Line of Fire. Michael Brown, delighted to be with you as we are having our Let's Get Healthy emphasis. We're talking also a lot about healing. I want to go back to a question that was asked by Travis on Facebook. When you're praying for the sick, how do you handle a lack of results? Uh, it, it's a difficult thing. And at times, I actually stepped back from praying for the sick as much because I was discouraged with lack of results. When See, the word was so clear to me. I questioned what the word said about healing. I went through a time of, of rejecting God's will to heal today, etc. And and I, I, I encountered God afresh in my own life and then went back to detailed massively detailed study of the scripture every way I knew how and and was utterly convinced as I am to this day that God's ideal will for his obedient children is, is healing and health in this world. And yet, of course, we, we know of people born without limbs that are never healed. We, we know of godly people that die of sickness and disease. And we know of ungodly people that live long, healthy lives. I understand all that. I still have to go by what scripture says not by what my experience is. I don't build my theology on experience, but on the word. So uh, what we have to do is cultivate an attitude of faith, meaning if I dwell on, on the losses, if I dwell on those who are not healed, if I keep talking about that, it's very unlikely that I will see others healed. So a couple of Randy Clark books I want to recommend to you, as, as he has really studied this, not just been used by God in healing, but has meticulously documented things, wrote a doctoral dissertation on prayer for people with mental implants and, and results of, of, of that in his doctoral dissertation. So his, his book, The Thrill of Victory, The Agony of Defeat, it's a little book. I read it some years ago, Randy Clark, Thrill of Victory, The Agony of Defeat. He, he talks honestly about all those he prayed for that weren't healed, all the hours, the weeping, the, the, the burden the exercising of faith or seeking exercise faith and not seeing them healed. And then the miracles. And he asked a question, one miracle with a child born missing a large part of the brain that was basically supposed to be a vegetable. And after prayer was completely healed, he said, would, would you pray for 199 who weren't healed to get to that one for number 200? Uh, you know, similar examples like that. So that's useful to read. And then his latest book, Healing Breakthrough, 
which he gave me when I was with him in November of last year, Healing Breakthrough. And it talks about how to cultivate an attitude and atmosphere of faith. I referenced it in the last segment. I want to reference that again. Travis, I think you'll find those helpful. Melissa, I've been part of healing ministries and seen different kinds of healings, but I don't understand why some people are prayed for once or twice at a basic type of healing prayer and get healed, and why some people seem to have to go through a litany of repentance, forgiveness, breaking generational stuff, etc., and eventually get healed or not. I'm not sure what the question is there, except do we always have to go through all the digging? You can see similar questions are coming up with some overlap, which is wonderful, meaning that we're experiencing a lot of the same things. I can only say God knows. God knows. I, I do not have answers for all of these things. and It's not a cop-out. It's the simple truth that God knows. I, I can say what I do understand from Scripture. Let's say that my sickness is related to my lifestyle, right? Let's, let's say that I have serious back pain because I'm morbidly obese. And again, not an attack on those who struggle with weight. I'm just speaking plainly here. Well, may God, God might heal me once in his mercy, but then with it, a word to take weight off. If I don't, I might not get healed because I am causing the problem, right? Or it could be that I have been walking in unforgiveness towards lots of people and it's built up bitterness and anger and stress inside of me because of which I'm sick. Until I deal with that, even if I was healed, the sickness would come back be because my body's not functioning properly and because I'm getting more run down. You know, Dr. Stengler, when he was on with us previously, said that, that, that one of the, the things that could really uh, open the door for COVID was stress. Right. So, so the, the, the mental, the physical, these things tying in together. Uh, so again, there could be a, a real demonic attack that's been generational and this thing has to be broken. But I, I don't think in that way. In other words, what I'm going to do is see what the word of God says and pray, especially most people I'm praying for. It's just, I, I don't know them. I meet them as I'm ministering. Hey, Dr. Brown, could you pray for me, for, et cetera? So that's all I know. I'm just asking God in his mercy and goodness and, and by means of what Jesus did on the cross to heal that person, right? If I'm with them on a pastoral level and they're not healed, obviously I just want to minister grace, help them to love the Lord and experience his goodness, whether sick or healthy. And then from there, then from there, there may be some some deeper digging to do. Sometimes it's an unsafe person and God's demonstrating his power and they're instantly healed. Uh, sometimes it's in response to a word of knowledge. There's someone here in this condition, God wants to heal you. Randy Clark said those that, that are prayed for after a word of knowledge, uh, there's a much higher, because he documents all this with his teams, a much higher percentage of those people healed because obviously faith is coming alive at that moment. Um, all right. Now, some have double questions, but I'm trying to get to as many as I can. So I'm just going to go to one. Lisa, where is the balance between praying for healing and preparing oneself or someone else for the inevitability of death? We all have to die sometime. Right. So first, it's just having a relationship with God and walking with the Lord. And there's a pastoral colleague, a dear brother, preached for many times over the years. And I guess in his early 80s, he got diagnosed with cancer. And his response was, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go be with the Lord. So obviously his family prayed. That's, that's the husband. That's the father. That's the grandfather, maybe great-grandfather. That's beloved pastor. But he was ready. Um, 
one of my my closest colleagues I've worked with for what twenty five plus years, uh, a missionary man of God. His first wife uh, came down with cancer. They fought. They battled. They prayed, and he just had a sense she's going home. She's going home. Other times we've cried out to God until the last moment. We've cried out for healing until the last moment, and when it didn't come, then we we worship God. And, and commit this person to him and say, Lord, we know that he or she is with you uh, with no pain, no, no, no sorrow right now. And we rejoice, but we're hurting right here. Uh, there are other times when it's sudden you can't prepare, right? It's just person's gone. Uh, but certainly, certainly, if we have a good relationship with the Lord, we can pray for healing until the last moment. And when it doesn't come, then we worship God. Think of David in 2 Samuel 12. So he has sinned with Bathsheba. She's pregnant. She gives birth to a baby. And by this time, David's taken her in as his wife after killing her husband or having her husband killed. Right, pretty, pretty horrific. So uh, it's child born in adultery, and the child gets very sick. And David prays and fasts and prays and fasts. And then when the child dies, his advisors are petrified. What are we going to do? We can't tell them. And, and they, David hears them talking. It's like, oh, okay, the child died. Like, what can I do now? I, when he was alive, I could pray. Now that he's gone, and that was under judgment because of the, their sin, uh, now that he's gone, there's nothing I could do. So sometimes you cry out to the last moment, and if the healing doesn't come, then you, you worship the Lord. At other times, there's just a sense, for whatever reason, it's not going to happen. They're going to be with the Lord. Lord, we worship you, and let's just get ready together. You know, there are other times where the person says, I want you to fight to the last minute, All right? That's what I want you to do. And when I'm gone, then you can mourn. All right. Um, Jim does, oh, I'm sorry, Heather, I've dealt with a chronic illness since birth. I believe in healing, but find it hard to believe for this one condition to go away. How can I change my mindset and see results? Yeah, Heather, that's very challenging when it's been with you all your life. What I would encourage you to do is renew your mind on a regular basis to what the word says about healing to read testimonies of, of miracles. For example, in Randy Clark's book, Eyewitness to Miracles, or Craig Keener's book, Miracles Today, or Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Miracles, and, and read about these incredible, extraordinary things that God has done. Uh, so you renew your mind to what God's Word says about healing, to, to renew and strengthen you, and then you, you, uh, you read testimonies about miraculous healings, the book I mentioned before, Randy Clark's Healing Breakthrough, might be helpful. And, and, and perhaps through that, something will rise in you and, and, and God's grace will, will touch you and you'll be another of those miraculous stories. Uh, may it be so. Jim, does God send sickness and disease on people too? Is all sickness and disease of the devil or some from God, Ananias, Sapphira, David's child, diseases on the Egyptians, Romans 127, Acts 12, 23, John 5, 14. So all, all the right scriptures that you, that you cited there. Uh, so let's go back to, to Exodus 15, 26. So if, if you, you know what happens? I remember all, this, all these in Hebrew, when I slow them down to stop and translate, then I, I confuse myself. So rather than quoting the rest of the Hebrew, I'll, I'll, I'll just quote the end here. All the diseases that I put on Egypt, I won't put on you because I'm the Lord your healer. You'll find the same language in, in Deuteronomy 7, 12 through 15, that God will put these things on those who hate him. 
So whether he sends it directly, whether he allows demonic powers to do it, right? So, so Luke 9, 1, Jesus gives his, his disciples authority over demons and disease, the two going hand in hand. Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all who were afflicted by the power of the devil, right? So we know the devil torments, attacks. He does that. So does God open the door for him to do that? Uh, give him permission? Uh, does God withdraw his hand of protection? Does God directly send sickness and healing? All of the above. All of the above. But it is on the disobedient. It is judgment. It is, it is judgment. Read through Deuteronomy 28. It is judgment. Throughout Scripture, sickness in and of itself is associated with death, with sin, with judgment, with the fall, with the devil. In and of itself, it's not a good thing, even though there are godly people who are sick and God can work in our lives in the midst of sickness. Sickness in itself is a bad, negative thing. And yes, sometimes God sends it in judgment. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. We are continuing to answer your questions on divine healing with our Let's Get Healthy emphasis this month. Let me just say one other thing about our part, the role that we can play. So uh, my wife Nancy is friends with a woman who is part of Dr. Joel Furman's organization. We follow his nutritional guidelines. I've, I've done my best to follow them to a T with amazing results these last eight and a half years. And that's why as I've been using these Trivita supplements that we've been talking to you about, I've been like, whoa, supercharged. I, I mean, I, I'm really benefiting. I, I believe everybody will benefit, but I, I'm really benefiting. But here's something interesting. So my wife's friend, charismatic Pentecostal like us, she said in one week, in one week of one of Dr. Furman's retreats for those with type 2 diabetes, so you go on one of these health retreats, you are weaned off all unhealthy food, you are put on healthy food only, there are doctors there who are monitoring your, your, um, uh, your numbers and things like that to make sure that everything is healthy. She said that in one week of people making a radical change with nutrition, again, under doctor's supervision, that she's seen more people healed of type 2 diabetes than in all of her decades in churches seeing people prayed for. Now, the problem is a lot of us are sick because of diet, nutrition, other health-related things, stress, lack of sleep, etc. We don't know it. I was, I was probably willfully ignorant in many ways. But look, when I was in the hospital in 1985 when I had pneumonia, I referenced that earlier, and the hospital nutritionist came in to talk with me and asked what I eat. Well, yeah, you know, pizza most days. And she said, oh, well, that's good because you got this, you got this. And it was the worst advice, the worst advice ever. I mean, Nancy's joke with me about it over the years. Like, that was the absolute worst advice. I was probably going to eat it anyway, but I thought, oh, it's good for me. It's good for me to eat all this stuff. It's going to clog my arteries and do these other things. But it, it is interesting that I, I truly believe, especially in America with our unhealthy lifestyle and diets, I truly believe that a change in our nutrition, a change in our lifestyle would yield 10 times more healings than all our prayer for the sick, which would indicate to me that many things are in our power to change. And those that aren't, the things that are incurable, the chronic things, that's where we often see God's mercy displayed 
on an even greater level. And the body is healing itself in an amazing way. And the supplements, again, what's the, what's the code for this week? Make sure I have it right. Brown 40. That's it. To get, yeah, special discounts, extra, uh, extra benefits. Uh, I think something, a free product. 1-800-811-9628. 800-811-9628. Or at Trevita.com, Brown 40. These things that are, are working with the body, working with the body to help in your flourishing. All right. Charles, thoughts on why we see much more f- physical healing in non Western nations? A-, a few reasons. One is that there is much less health care in many of these nations. And because of that, people have to either go to God for a miracle or they die. One missionary in Mexico said where he is, you have three choices. You go to the witch doctor, you go to Jesus, or you die, right? So now the life expectancy there is much shorter in these countries. So there are more miraculous healings, but the life expectancy overall is much shorter because of lack of medical care and things like that. But for us, we're so used to leaning on medical care. I'm not saying that's wrong. Thank God for medical care. But the way we lean on it can be wrong. So when everything else fails, it's like, all right, God, we need your help. That's not how faith works. God's not the last alternative among many. Now, I'm not saying that you can't go to doctors. No, no, no. Thank God for doctors and medical science. I'm, I'm personally the beneficiary of, of medical excellence and things like that. Thank, I'm truly thankful for that. Remember, because God's desire for his people is healing and health, right? Then doctors are working with God, not against him. Uh, if God wanted all of us sick and diseased, then, then the medical profession is in rebellion to God, as F.F. Bosworth pointed out in his classic book, Christ the Healer. But when you don't have that dependence on medicine, when you, you look to God first, right, then uh, you'll see many, many more results. Often, many of these places, the gospel is going for the first time, so God demonstrates his power more. And, and in, in some cultures, there is less rationalism. There is less of a, a carnal uh, rationalism that rejects a lot of the testimony of Scripture and, and finds the supernatural to be much more natural to them. So that's another factor as well. Jack comments, Psalm 103, 1 through 3 needs to be taken in context of the whole Scripture. This verse 3 doesn't say that God promised to heal every Christian of every physical ailment in this life because other Scriptures give exceptions. Um. What about forgiveness of sins? Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Could you make the same statement, Jack, about, about forgiveness? I don't think so, right? But what I would say is this, and here's where I would agree with you, sir, that it is David's confession Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all is within me. Bless, praise his holy name. Bless, praise the Lord, all my soul, and don't forget all his benefits, who heals or your, who forgives all your sins, who heals or your diseases. So this has been his life experience, and he is praising God for that. Let me also say this. Unless you have a chronic condition, that if you're still alive and you've been sick, then you've been healed of all of your previous diseases, right? Just to, to point that out. But thank you for that comment. Um, Jesse, is it really real or is it something natural that we attribute to divine miraculous healing? 
There are things that we wrongly attribute to a miracle that are not miracles at all. There are even things that could be psychosomatic and, and induced by, by the environment around us, et cetera, and, and you get a, a temporary alleged cure that's not really there. But there are things that are inexplicable. There are things for which there are no medical explanations, and many of them have been documented. You'd be amazed at how many documented miracles there are, or how many people you can talk to that say, hey, this is, this is what happened. I, here's, here's the proof. I, I had this condition. The doctor said it was incurable. After prayer, I felt something miraculous happen. I went back to the same doctor. He ran the same test. He took the same x-rays. He did the same MRI, whatever it is, and he's shocked. He said, I know what happened then, and I know where you are now, and I can't explain it. Some will even say outrightly, it's a miracle. Um, but look, if I have a cold, and after a few days, the cold goes away. That was the miracle of the way God made our bodies, right? That was the, the natural healing power that he put in our bodies, which is why you want to work with what God put within you by eating well and taking care of yourself rather than working against it. All right. Um, Norman, I found that many of the Christians that I know pray for the sick, not to bring God glory, but rather because they view themselves as little gods and that their words have all the power of the Godhead. They walk around correcting people's speech, don't say things like, my leg hurts, so I'm not feeling well. Then they blame the sick, injured person's lack of faith for healing to have not happened. I believe God still heals, but in his time and for his glory. Uh, boy, it's a shame that you know many people like that. Uh, I know people, uh, in Word of Faith camp it would be, that will say, don't say this. I, I agree, that's, that's completely bogus. Don't say my, my leg hurts. Don't say I have this or that. No, say I have this condition. I believe God wants to heal me, right? But go ahead and say it. Don't, well, I can't really say it because that would be a negative confession. No, 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 that's nonsense. That's nonsense. Throw that out. Throw that out. So I'm with you on that. But I don't know many Christians who are not, praying for the sick to bring glory to God, but rather because they think they're little gods. To me, that is a massive caricature and exaggeration. If you know a lot like that, I'm shocked because I've been at this for 51 years and I don't even know I could count on one hand the people that primarily you're saying, well, we're little gods and authority of God. That's why we're healing as opposed to they care for the sick and they want to see God glorified. But when we say God still heals in his time and for his glory, he does tell us to pray for the sick, and he does say that he will respond to the prayer of faith. So there, I'm not going to just throw it on God. I, I'm not just going to say, well, we don't know why God's not doing this. Maybe he's requiring something of me. Maybe I'm not walking in faith. One pastor told me very candidly, he said, we do this. We, they're, they're not a charismatic church, he said, but it says to do it. We anoint the sick with oil and pray for them, but we never see anybody healed. Well, that that. That would challenge me to say, okay, God, something seems to be missing. Something's wrong somewhere. Your word's clear. Something's wrong somewhere. What are we missing? We're not even talking about the gift of healing. We're talking about elders praying for the sick, anointing them with all in the name of the Lord, the prayer of faith to make the sick person well. If he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven. Jacob, James 5, start in verse 13, go to verse 16, which is why it then says, so confess your sins one for, to another, pray for them that you may be healed. If sin is in the way, if sin is an issue that's brought on sickness, let's deal with sin so that healing can come, spirit, soul mind, body. Um, all right, let's see. Some, like Andrew Womack, teach that we use our authority in Christ Jesus to command the body to be healed. The majority of ministers I've heard pray and ask Jesus to heal rather than commanding the body to be healed. Is there a right or wrong way or does it depend on the situation? Um, Katrina, if you missed this 
earlier in the show, I, I answered almost this exact question. So uh, earlier in the show, I did answer it. But certainly, things depend on situations and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Thomas, what has happened to the, quote, faith healers of yesteryear? Warren Church is teaching these gifts. Do you think that the miracles will be seen in American churches again before the rapture? Well, I would say before Jesus returns. I, I do expect to see a great increase in the demonstration of God's power. What happened to the faith healers of the 40s and 50s is a good number of them flaked out. A good number of them had moral failure or got into doctrinal error, and uh, there were big problems with their lives. And often when God really entrusts a supernatural gift to someone, if the maturity is not there, if they're not properly grounded in the Word, it ends up in their destruction, which is a very, very serious issue, of course. So, uh, on the other hand, there are so many more people praying for the sick and seeing God move. So, God is moving. I've been shocked when I've asked uh, and, you know, large crowds, you know, how many of you at one point in your life experienced a miracle of healing? I mean, you're absolutely sure there was a miracle. It wasn't just the thing went away after a while or you were misdiagnosed, etc. And it's a, it's a good percentage in, in many churches. So we want to see much more. We agonize over what we don't see. But I, I don't mean to offend anyone. I don't mean this in any insulting way. But I truly believe in the years ahead, we will see less and less cessationists, less and less saying that, that the gifts of healing and prophecy and tongues, interpretation, etc., are not for today. We'll see less and less of that, one, because the Word is so clear that they are for today, and two, because the Holy Spirit will be poured out in greater measure. But I don't believe we'll see the Spirit poured out in greater measure until many of us get our act together, repent of our carnality and foolishness and lack of biblical grounding and lack of godly character. As God has more vessels He can trust, He'll pour out His Spirit more in them and through them for His glory. But there are plenty of churches for decades that continue to teach on healing to this day. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I cannot believe how the time has just flown by. Maybe I'll, I'll be able to get to more of your healing-related questions in the days ahead because there's so many good ones that so many are acting. We, we got flooded. I, I mean, the moment I posted and said, I'm going to pre-record the show and, and, and answer your questions, we got flooded immediately, which means these are issues you're dealing with. So let's see. Uh, Ecor. I get healed on a daily basis as I make a conscious decision to trust Jesus through the pain. I intentionally keep my focus on Jesus through the discomforts. It's all God's move. My question is how do believers reconcile when God doesn't take away the illness and allow them to go through it, especially when surrounded by mockers and slanders for believing that God does miracles? Thank you. Thank you for your testimony, and thank you for your faith. And there are no easy answers to the pains and difficulties and challenges of this world, of this life. I mean, when you have dear, godly people that, that lose a child in a freak accident, that a second either way wouldn't have happened, how do you explain that? How do you explain a couple prays for years for a child and then the child is born and dies? I mean, whose sin? What? You know, no, you don't go that way, of course, but, but you struggle. You, and, why this person, we prayed and prayed and didn't see them healed, and this one, brand new believer, is instantly healed. There are lots of questions. 
just in terms of the goodness of God and human suffering, why doesn't he intervene more? Why doesn't he help more? Why does he allow any starving child to, to starve to death? I mean, where is God and all this? These are all honest questions. My commentary in the book of Job is subtitled, The Faith to Challenge God. Notice to say, God, I don't get it. Something's not lining up. I don't understand, but I trust you. But I trust you. So what you say is, God is so real in my life that no matter what I feel, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him as the healer when I'm sick. I'm going to praise him as the deliverer when I've seen everything collapse all around me. I'm going to praise him as the giver of light when everything seems dark. And it's not denial of reality. It's taking hold of a higher eternal reality. And we've experienced God in so many ways, so supernaturally in our own lives, and the word so demonstrably clear to us, we can't deny that. So we just have questions over here. Go to God with your questions. My book, Has God Failed You? You might find really helpful reading. Has God Failed You? Check it out. I think you'll find it to be really helpful and edifying. Um, as for the mockers, mockers are going to mock. Take that as part of the cross you bear, right? A Keith. Some say that when we pray on someone for their healing, we pray and command, take authority over the sickness. Okay, same question. I, I've answered that earlier in the show, uh, so just check for that. Uh, JD, is healing more than just physical in the Bible? Is there a sense in which we're also healed from the effects of sin on our soul? Oh, yes, yes. Healing does have a clear physical application. There's no doubt about that. But it, it is larger than that, right? Jesus comes to, to heal the brokenhearted. So, and, and salvation, in a sense, is a healing. It's a healing of the effects of, of sin in our lives by bringing us forgiveness and redemption. So you'll find overlap. The problem is if we just spiritualize it and say it's only about spiritual life, say First, first Peter 2, uh, by his stripes we were healed, clearly it's talking about salvation. It's talking about redemption in that context, quoting from Isaiah 53. But as we've seen, talking about Isaiah 53, at the cost of his wounds, there's healing for us. That is more than just spiritual healing, but it is not physical healing only. It's not spiritual healing only. It's not physical healing only. Both are available through the cross. Um, Mary, faith healers need to go into the hospitals instead of having church meetings for healing. Number one, no one has the ability to turn on and off a gift at will. It is at God's will. So even those with gifts of healing do not see guaranteed 100% healing. I know that many cessationists believe that, and they say that was the New Testament norm. We don't see that today. Therefore, because we don't see that today, then it is, it is uh, clearly not the gift of healing. I would say that the gift of healing or gifts of healing in the New Testament were never automatic for all. Rather, they were a special preponderance. They were just like prophecy. Someone with the gift of prophecy can't prophesy whenever they want to. They can refrain from prophesying, right? The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, 1 Corinthians 14. But they can't just determine, I'm just going to prophesy, all right? Speaking in tongues uh, is, is one thing in terms of our private prayer language, but just delivering a message in tongues, that's just not up to me to just choose to do. So this is as the Spirit wills. It's just those with gifts of healing will see many, many more healings than others. And remember, Paul uh, left Trophimus sick in Miletus, and he told Timothy, 
to drink a little water for his stomach, a little wine for his stomach problems, uh, because wine was used medicinally in, in, in measure. So not everyone is going to be healed. So it's not just up to someone to go into a hospital and clear the place out. That being said, many people with healing ministries started by praying for the sick in hospitals. Many, many, many. They, they, that's where they went all the time. They would look for opportunities to go in if they, they would ask for permission to pray for people. Some became chaplains in hospitals so they could pray for people. So many started doing that very thing, and many people with healing ministries do go to hospitals to pray. All right, But just bear in mind, you don't have the right to just walk from room to room and start praying for people. No one has the right to well, just clear the hospital. Well, who's giving you the permission to do that? Without the patient's permission, you can't be in the room at all. In some cases, without the doctor's permission, you can't be in the room at all. So the idea to just walk in and clear out the hospital doesn't work like that. That being said, it'd be wonderful if we saw more healings in the church. In my 1991 book, Whatever Happened to the Power of God is the Charismatic Church Slain in the Spirit. We're down for the count. I have a chapter as the gift of healing hit a brick wall, saying we should see much more than we are seeing. Um, let's see... All right, there's a question about the scene in The Chosen. We have a whole video on that. From Mark, I'd like to know what are your views concerning generational curses in the life of a believer? There's much debate around this. Most deliverance ministries believe in the reality of generational curses passed down to the believer irrespective of the new birth. And the ministries like John G. Lake Ministries strongly refute this argument. I would love to know what your views are on this. So we know under the Sinai Covenant that God said, that, that he would bring judgment on the third and fourth generations of those who hate him. He would visit the sins of the fathers and the children, the next generation, the next generation of those who hate him and then have mercy to thousands, likely meaning thousands of generations of those who love him. Uh, so generational curses are certainly real. I mean, even in the natural, a child of an alcoholic is going to have a much higher chance of being an alcoholic than someone born in a normal, non-alcoholic setting. Uh, but there are things that are supernaturally passed on. People reject God, a certain judgment, tendency, negative characteristic, habit, bondage, sin is passed on. And now as that next generation rejects, it gets worse and it gets worse. So my understanding, I can't be dogmatic about this because I, I do not see explicit scripture. My understanding is when we are born again, to the extent we yield ourselves to God, to that extent, those curses are broken. In other words, if, if I come to the Lord, I'm genuinely saved and forgiven, but I really have not yielded a serious area of my life that God's dealing with me about. Look, we can be saved and have areas in our lives that are unsurrendered, not just blind spots, but unsurrendered, and God's dealing with us about that then that door remains open for those things to continue. And, and I may see the same cycle until I truly repent of that. So I believe with the new birth and surrender to God that these things are broken. But there are things that we haven't surrendered to God. And in those cases, it seems there can be more access. Now, I, I know of cases where it's inexplicable. The person loves the Lord, and it seems the same supernatural misfortune that, that followed their, their parents, their grandparents is following them. 
I may not understand how, but when it is so clear and the pattern is evident, then we will stand together, renounce those things in Jesus' name, break any curses, and proclaim the goodness of God and the Lordship of Jesus. So I believe they can be there. I don't go looking for them. My position in this case is, is somewhat in between these different ministries that were mentioned. Uh, that, that's as clear as I can land, not to compromise with both, but as clearly as I can land. You know what? Just thinking about our radio schedule, I think I can do another day of answering more of these questions. So didn't get to a lot that were posted on Facebook, but I'm going to see if I could get to more and, um, and, and continue to ask because there's a lot of relevant stuff and we've been emphasizing health, well-being. So hopefully in the near future, be able to get to a few more of these. Okay, remember, everybody, especially if you work out or if you're getting older, and, and it's, it's harder to develop muscle. You want something more effective than, than whey protein, something helpful and healthy uh, that I'm using and really enjoying and benefiting. The MyoHealth amino acid, it's, it's a unique compound, and it's, it's super good for you. And especially if you're active, if you're working out, you'll get a real boost with this. Get it with the nitric oxide, but, but here's the best thing to do. Best thing to do. Call 800 811-9628-800-811-9628. Oh, they'll know, but you tell them Dr. Brown sent you. They'll answer your questions. The folks, they're very happy to answer your questions. There, there are special offers that you get. Find out about the special offers, special discount, and all of that. Or you can order right online, trivita.com. Use the code BROWN40, trivita.com, BROWN40. But best if you can call, get your questions answered, find out about all the special discounts that you can get for being a Line of Fire listener. And then let's let's get healthy, strong, and thriving together.